Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. So one of the things I want to share tonight, and uh, I want to get down to it, so I'm going to change gears any moment. It's not going to be a little stroll through the park tonight. I'm all bottled up and I'm ready to go. You keen on that? (laughs) You keen? So I've had a good, man, I feel like I've been on a break on a desert island and I feel like I'm so blessed and, and I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus, for such a great life, wife, my, no, wife. Uh, daughters and uh, son-in-laws, Garth, Andrew's still on his break, he will be back this week, Gillian Andrew, and grandkids, my little Charlie, little Charlie boy, who's seen him on Facebook, and, uh, and Joey, three-year-old Joey, one-year-old Charlie, who's a real, real man's man, I believe. And uh, he loves it. He loves already riding the bikes, motorbikes, that is. And, uh, but Father God, we just say thank you. It's good to be thankful, you know. You know, this world will tell you you're not, you know, you're not good enough, you're not rich enough, you're not enough. But you know what? It's enough. Salvation. It's awesome. We should be waking up and skipping and dancing and celebrating. Man, we should be, you know, the best rappers. Man, ba 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 ba. Yeah, he's the Lord and the Lord's God. And, uh, uh, man, we should be doing that as we're having our Wheaties, man. And uh, we get up so somber sometimes. But uh, I, I want to share something tonight. And I'm just trying to get the wind here tonight. And uh, because it's going to be good tonight. Amen. Is this not throwing anyone off tonight? The, all good? I got stranded, got stranded uh, somewhere, some town, halfway between here and Kew. And, uh, anyway, there was no barbers and no headdress, but anyway, we'll deal with it later. Amen. <laughs> the secret location, we call it. I love it. Oh, I just really feel intoxicated with God's love now. I have to say, wah, wah. Jesus, let's just pray. Father in heaven, you are God. Inspire us tonight in your word. And the saints say, amen. Okay, let's start. Let's say hi to the podcast listeners. The message is the anatomy of breakthrough. There's always more. There's always... There's always forget and there's always forward. Okay, we need to make sense of that. Let's look at Philippians. If you've got your Bible, you can read it up here. If you've got it on your phone or however, please follow me. Philippians 3.10, I will try and read it from here. Man, the light. Can I have some light? I feel like I need a house light. Man, I'm telling you, I'm just, I need, I need light. I want to back it up into the Philippians a little bit. And Paul is basically saying, don't count on the flesh. Look, he's saying, I was a Pharisee. He had a great mind. This is the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And he's saying, my mind was astute. I was living a great life. But you know what? I count that as almost rubbish compared to knowing Christ. Compared to knowing Jesus Christ. He compares all this religious uh, achievement as just nothing compared to having intimacy with Jesus. Did I say that right? And then if we pick it up in verse uh, 10, he says this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. Who wants to be more like Jesus? And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. But I press. Say I press. 
I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He took hold of you for an extraordinary life. Not just to, you know, go to heaven, but you can be and should be an influence in your world. Amen? There is a calling in your life, a destiny in your life. We've heard these phrases. It's true. I press on to take hold of that which is Christ Jesus took hold of me, which is your best life, basically. 13, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting, there's a key, forgetting, not looking back on the past, forgiving, forgetting, pressing on, not stuck in some hurtfulness of being hurt. You got to move on into every day. His mercies are new every morning. Amen. Forget what is forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Basically, he's saying, I hope God will make it clear to you that you're wrong. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. What have we attained? We've saved. Everyone in the house who's saved, you can have, man, such a full life, such an abundant life. If you understood all that God, Christ did on the cross, the resurrection and all that is in that, wow, if you could understand what all that means, diseases, devils, generational curses, poverty, sickness, all is dealt with by that which we've attained when we got saved. Am I making sense? Only let us live up to what we have already attained. 17. Join with others, join with others. What a great message, James. Where are you, mighty man of God? Join with others, community. So important, community. Hang tough. Devil, the word devil can actually mean one that separates, scatters. The devil comes to scatter you. Scatter families, divide families, divide friendships. Divide and destroy, he wants to do. Be careful of that in 2.13. I'm going to explain a little bit about that. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we give you. Follow people who are living a good life. Follow them. Be mentored by them. Use them as a, you know, let them role model to you. Let them follow the, the, the people in this church. If you find someone, let them lead you on into better days. This Bible is falling apart. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's begin our message. Babe Ruth says, yesterday's home runs don't win today's games. Mm. So we had a lot of great home runs last year. It was great. A lot of us, the church did well, in fact. We could name a, a number of things. The church did well, and we even succeeded getting our car park half done. Wasn't that mighty? We had our baby's room installed. We had an air conditioner put into Katrina's office. She's been working for seven years in an air conditioned office. And finally, someone out of the goodness of their heart unanimously said, hey, I can see a need. And they bought a, 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 an air conditioning for the office. I love that. Breakthrough. We say, God, please give me a better life. God says, I don't give this, I grow it. So there is, <laughs> there is a principle of a breakthrough that can happen on the altar, a breakthrough that can happen in your mindset and how you can be broken through. But oftentimes it comes through climbing the mountain of the Lord. There's breakthroughs, the altitude. You've got you to walk the walk. You've got to do the life, go through the valleys and, and climb and persevere. It doesn't come too free. You've got to almost go through the trial of life and grow and, and become this bigger person on the inside. Andy Rooney says, just a few quotes here, guys. Everyone wants to live on top of the mountain, but all the happiness and growth occurs while you're climbing it. 
Another person says, in the very moment you want to give up, give it all you got. You're on the brink of your breakthrough. Uh, breakthrough comes from a scripture in 2 Kings um, 25 verse 4. We won't go there, but it's actually inferred that God is the God of the breakthrough. Do you like that? God, Jesus, is the God of the breakthrough. And there's a whole story around that. I want to uh, bring to attention, I like to watch a few movies when I'm having some time off. Um, and I did watch The Dark Knight. Um, oh, gee whiz, it must have been a month ago now. And, um, and so if you haven't seen the story, it is about Batman. And uh, he's off not onto a good start at the start of the movie. I hate to spoil it for you, but I've got to use this example. Um, Batman is languishing in a comfort zone of this huge victory that he's won over Gotham City. And he's gotten unfit. He's a bit banged up, actually. He's not match fit. And uh, something happens. The enemy comes looking for him. And it wants to take out Gotham City. Amen. Uh, So I want to make a point of this um, by showing a little bit of this for a minute or so. And, uh, And I want to talk about what happens when you get soft. And I'm talk- just remember, I'm talking about breakthrough. I'm talking about when you get soft, when you go, I'm saved, I'm cool. How many people did we lose last year, guys, young guys, out of the youth group maybe? Because they had a victory, but that victory was when they gave their life to the Lord, but they didn't keep the victory happening. They went, Jesus Christ, saved my life, I'm forgiven, born again. Man, I can just party. No. You've got to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, amen? Because if you rest on your laurels of being saved, guess what, guys? There's a devil out there. The greatest, the greatest deception on the planet is that the devil is not on the planet. The devil is roaming free and he's out to destroy, cause rack and ruin, and we've seen it. And what happens when we get soft on the inside? We get soft in our prayer, We get soft in believing for salvations anymore. We get soft in giving. We get soft in forgiving people. But when we're resilient and empowered by God, we're ruthlessly forgiving. We'll forgive anyone. You know what? I'll say it. I forgive Lance Armstrong. I forgive him. Can you honestly put your hand up right now and forgive Lance Armstrong? Can you? There's a few hands. Some are not going up. Some are trying. Some... (laughs) I tried and you forgive Neil Armstrong too for those who read my Facebook update in-house joke sorry guys I'm telling you straight up you need to be match fit for 2.13 you need to ruthlessly forgive people The Bible says in Luke 17 verse 1 that offense will come every day. Jesus said it. He said offense will come every day, Steve. Just wait for it. But respond to it accordingly. The Bible says also in a parable, I think it's in Matthew chapter 6, that Jesus said in the kingdom it's impossible to be forgiven if you don't forgive. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, 12, thereabouts, it says that if we forgive those who have hurt us, we outwit the enemy's plans. We out, actually says outwit Satan's plans. So if you hold this person contemptible, if you hold this person, God can't get to them. You are bound, they're bound. And so shall it be. But the Bible says if you forgive them, God can forgive them and God can forgive you. And then you're on your bike again. The truth will set you free. So here is Batman and he's gotten gotten a bit soft. There's another story. I'll cut to it. It's about Joshua. They've won an incredible battle. Um, in the early chapters of uh, Joshua, the book of Joshua, they've taken out Jericho. It's a huge victory. March around the city, prophetically, six, on the sixth day or the seventh day, the sixth day or the seventh day, they shouted and the walls came down. It was a huge victory. They were celebrating, they were partying. They had another victory. They had another fight, I mean. And in that victory, they got a little bit comfortable in, in their 
security of that God would deliver them. They sent out a little party. They got routed. They came back, tail between their legs. Not a good day. Joshua had to fix it all up. You can't depend on yesterday's victories. You've got to be prepared and you've got to deal with every day accordingly. You've got to be match fit. I make a point of being fit because if I, I, I want to know that if I'm standing on a beach and I see someone drowning, I want to be able to swim out to them and get them. Amen? If I've got someone lost in the bush, one of my kids or something, I want to be able to walk 100 miles and it's no problem. Amen? So I got my own agenda there, but anyway. But spiritually, I'm ruthless. I'm ruthless. I, I, I'm all about being totally 24-7 for God. Uh, you know, I just don't go to the gym every day in God. I'm in God's gym 24-7. Amen? And I'm on the diet like Daniel. Daniel was on a diet, a special diet. We'll talk about that later. Let's have a look. It's not good. It's not a good scene, but let's have a look at this little YouTube while we check this out. It's not good to see our hero like this. Just a little further. Batman's been uh, tricked into a trap. I had to stop them trying to kill me. You made a serious mistake. Not as serious as yours, Asher. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you. I don't want to show any more than that. That's pretty, it gets pretty... The bottom line is Batman really gets on the worst end of that battle. But the important phrase I want to bring out there, that victory has defeated you. You got saved. Fantastic. But please work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The Bible says, let's give the Lord a hand. Yeah, let's give it a hand. I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm being as real as I can because I've seen so many fallen heroes of mine. I've been in the church through the mid-80s from the mid-80s till now, and I've seen a lot of people succumb to, and whether Bane, who's the enemy to Batman there, whether that enemy is unforgiveness, bang, 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 you won't forgive, yes I will, no you won't, you can't forgive, you, you won't, bang, bang, and you know what, I've seen people defeated who won't forgive, I've seen people try and be generous, you're not going to be generous, who do you think you are, bang, I will be generous, no you won't, you know, it's more blessed to give, but you blow that, and, and I've seen people defeated in trying to be generous, you know, and I could go on and on how people, the body of Christ, have been defeated, Bane, the enemy, that stronghold has taken them out. We don't want to see that. I'll enlighten you to um, to the fact of this, that it is spiritual warfare. But first, I'd love to bring this across, and I think it's worthy if I do. Let's make the distinction about between a revel... And in, this, is, this is a little teaching, a little PowerPoint demonstration of what the difference between institution and revolution... A revolution is something like unflurried, a flurry of passion, persistence, endurance to pioneer a church in Wyong Tugra and to see it alive and well this day. It didn't happen by adding water and we just said a few nice prayers. If you ask the people how this church was birthed, it was birthed by people that sold their lives out to it. Amen? That's what you're sitting in right now. Land won, five-year battle with council, finances raised, supernaturally provided for, devils bound. We took the ground which is prophetically, powerfully demonstrative in the heavenlies. When a church owns land, it's, it, 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 the enemy hates it. He hates the church possessing land. We possess not only one acre, two acre, but we've possessed 11 acres demonstrating to the enemy that this land belongs to Jesus. 
But I'm telling you, it didn't happen by softness. It happened by persistent, persevering people of God who gave radically. When that enemy came against us, Bane, the enemy said, you won't give to the building fund. You won't give to vision builders. We said, we will. We're going to give you, we're going to give no matter what. You're not going to forgive that person who walked out on you and hurt you and spoke about you and, you know, and, and betrayed you. Yes, we will. We will. We will. And we've taken some shots like that. But we've kept walking and we've kept persisting and pursuing our dream. It is a battle. It is a battle. But here's the difference between this is what I don't want this church to become. Yeah, I'm on track. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is what I don't want this church to become. I don't want it to become an institution. I don't want us resting on our laurels of victories won. I don't want to go back to the past and say, oh, Phil and Julie, they did this and did that, and the Phillipses and the Flannerys and that. You know, There's times to measure that out, but I want to live in the moment. I want to go forward. I want to look back. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And so here's the difference between a revolution and an institution. Let's put that up. A revolution is a movement, it's progressive, it's moving forward. An institution is just maintenance, maintenance. You can apply this to your own personal life, by the way. When you first got saved, there was a revolution in your heart. You got saved, amen? But you could just treat that now, and you've been in the Lord for a while, six months, a year, whatever, and it's just maintenance. Oh, yeah, I'm saved, but let's just just maintenance that. Revolution, forward-looking. Institution, backward view, looking back. Revolution, out of the box, institution in the box (laughs) revolution give your life institution nine to five let's not get too carried away revolution freedom institution captivity revolution you can name there's denominations out there that have fallen trap to the thing of institutions of, of the word institution you know what i'm saying and we got to be careful as a church we don't do it revolution calculated risk institution calculating risk Uh, revolution is taking new territory institution holding steady revolution acquiring um, institution protecting and um, revolution persecution institution perks (laughs) revolution die for institution it just kills you anyway And so I had this statement, in the early days of the church, we see the disciples busy doing the things of God. They had a fire at the core of their being with a strong desire to declare to the world that the war with sin and death was over. Say amen to that. And Jesus Christ had won. Every day, believers were increasing in number as they preached. What a fantastic time in the life of the church. As Christian leaders, as Christian people, isn't that the kind of impact we want to make? Love it. Let's have a look at, I said I'd give you something. So what have we talked about? I I put it in Facebook. I said that breakthrough, the anatomy of breakthrough is more. There is more in Christ. There's more for you in God. There's more of your life to have. You've got to possess it. There is more forgiveness, more forgiveness. You've got to forgive. You've got to continue to forgive. The other third thing I said on Facebook, the anatomy of, of breakthrough is what? forward how do you do that let's check this out and i'll have to rely on the uh, i'll rely on this tonight guys can i have daniel this is daniel let's understand first let's give some background daniel has been taken captivity in babylon he's a godly man he refuses not he refuses to bow his knee not to pray that's what we know of uh, daniel daniel in the lion's den remember him they put him in the lion's den and he came out he's all good god preserved him you know Daniel. Daniel is really now in Persia now because Babylon got taken over and he's a prince. He thought it was best if he hung out in, in, in Persia because he could administer God's justice better there because he was a prince. He was an influencer. He was like Garth. It'd be like having Garth stuck somewhere in Sydney. And he says, better be in Sydney and we're going to minister more blessings you are stuck in Sydney, are you, buddy? You work there. <laughs> and it's, more best, it's better if I stay there. But Daniel, what's happened? God's people have been, the Jews have been allowed to go back to Jerusalem. And when they tried to build the temple, they had resistance from the people of God in Jerusalem. 
Get this, it says it in Ezra. Daniel heard back that when God's people, the Jews, went back to Jerusalem where they're supposed to be, they got back there and they found it really hard to build the church, to build this temple. The people opposed it. Does that sound familiar now? You know, like the community. What about Oxford Falls? The whole community was in an uproar in building that church. They had the biggest people in the land saying, no way, that church will not be ever be built. No way. And they had a five, six, seven year fight on their hands. This was the same in Jerusalem. Daniel heard back that the temple wasn't being rebuilt and the temple was important to the worship of God. He was so smitten, he was so grieved, he began this fasting, he went on a special diet and he prayed for 21 days. That's where we get the 21 day prayer from. And it says this, at that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice foods. This is what we talk about fasting. This is how you get a breakthrough. No meat or wine touched my lips and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the river Tigris, yeah, an angel came basically. I looked up and there before me was a man. They don't know if this was Jesus or an angel, a theophany, which is Jesus or there's this, you know, But basically, he was standing praying with all these other guys, and God's presence turned up. They all fled, and all of a sudden, if we look at the picture, is there a picture of Daniel collapsed in a heap? Daniel collapses in a heap. He is totally, totally done with by the presence of God. Now, this is Daniel. And he has collapsed 21 days and the presence of God has turned up. And this is Gabriel. Now, here's, okay, here's the crux of the story. He's been praying. Daniel's been praying fervently. Gabriel, who's the angel standing beside him, has been trying to break through the principalities over that region. You, you with me? Daniel's praying. He's, he's humbling himself and praying. That's how you get a breakthrough. But something is happening. This story tells us it actually lifts the veil of the reality of God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom being, being coming together and causing this conflict of interest because God's angels got to speak to Daniel about a vision about the future. So this angel, Gabriel, he's tired too because he's trying to come through and answer the prayers of of Daniel. Guess what happens? The archangel, who's this commander, Michael means um, like God, one like God. That's what Michael means. Michael, the archangel, comes to the fray of the battle and deals with the principalities that are over Persia. Michael has been given a um, uh, Gabriel has been given a reprieve. Gabriel finally comes into the midst of Daniel's prayers. Daniel's collapsed in a heap. The angel touches Daniel, and Daniel comes to his senses, sees a vision, and that vision is all about God's intervention, God's plans and purposes for that whole region and God's people. That's a breakthrough. <laughs> That's what it takes to get a breakthrough. Humbling yourself, praying, and then you see nothing happening because oftentimes you don't see angels, do you? Oh, look at those angels battling over me, man. They're trying to answer my prayers. This is awesome. You don't see that. But can I tell you, it's so true. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, they didn't see what had happened. The roots that couldn't be seen were destroyed. The fig tree finally withered. What God is doing in the invisible realm, don't underestimate what God is doing through your prayers. You might be praying like 21 days and go, they told me to pray. Nothing's happening. What's the story, man? You don't realize what's the battle over our city, over our church, over your life. You can't see it. It'd blow your mind. But it's happening. Every time we say, Lord Jesus, 
Bring salvation to Wyong High School. Angels. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. I did want to bring another story, another scripture, and it goes like this. It's in Isaiah. Thank you, team. I've got a few moments. Oh, dear God. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Isaiah 43, verse 18. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? C3 Tugra. Forget the former things. Forget those hurts. Forget those things back in 2.12. Forget those things that are still knocking at you and still... Forget those things. Don't dwell on the past. This is what God's saying. Isaiah is actually challenging the people of Israel. Don't dwell on the past of you being bound and you're in a desert and you got nowhere in the last few years. And Don't dwell on that. And Isaiah is writing the heart of God down here by saying, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing in 2.13. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert, streams in the wasteland. He's trying to get interest again in God's people, the interest of God. He's trying to get them like I'm trying to do. He's trying to get their eyes back on God because they're looking down. They're looking behind. Oh, look where I am. Look still here. Look, Look at all that mess. Look at this. Look at me. Oh, look at me. Look at my hair. I've even had a shave. And my oh God, I put some weight on and I've eaten too much Christmas pudding. And, and oh, God says, it's a new thing. It's a new day. 2.12, 2.13, we're going on. Forget what's behind. Look forward. His mercies are new every morning. The resources available right now for you to be energized to go and do what God's called you to do is magnificent. What he did on the cross is enough. Access that, believe that, trust in that. He's trying to change their focus. Quit looking behind, he's saying. Forget about the old victories, leaving Egypt, conquering the land of Canaan, fighting off those enemies, surviving the split of the country. Forget that. Forget about what happened last year. Don't get soft. Man up. Move on. Can't dwell on the past failures to possess your future days of glory. It says here, God gave them the temple. See, they got a bit despondent, thinking, oh, God's down on me. Look where I am. I'm not, you know, Jew whiz. But, you know, but you got, we got to see, we got to see ourselves how God sees us. You know, God's not looking at Gail. So Gail, gee whiz, you know, that was a rough year. You had 212. How are we going to sort that out? Gee whiz, you know. But, but he is, isn't he? And, and, and you do see what God says about you and, you, you feel what he, how he sees you. If you didn't, you wouldn't be smiling because so much has happened to you. In the world, you'd be, oh God. But, well, God sees me like this. And this is exactly like the Israelites. God gave them the temple, they gave him idol worship. God gave them the truth, they lived and proclaimed a lie. God gave them his commands, they lived like they were suggestions. God gave them wealth, they used it to abuse the poor. God gave himself they gave him nothing except rejection but still Isaiah 55 verse 7 I'm down the home straight guys the Bible says this and I love this let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon you can't live in yesterday's faith guys you can't Psalm 85 verse 6 to 8 Will you not revive us again, Lord, to have the faith that we had and can have in this day? Will you not revive us again? I think that's the heart of this church. I think that's the heart, my heart. Revive me again to have that tenacious faith I had. We got this big lounge 
beautiful, you know, you get these things when you're my age, a leather lounge, and one of these things, what is it, a recliner, you know, I refuse to sit in it. Uh, Julie says, sit in the lounge. No, I won't. I, I refuse to sit in that, that, that thing. Uh, I'm not going to be domesticated. And she goes, sit in it, sit in it, it's beautiful. Oh, put your legs up. No way, you sit in it. So you know what's happened? That's Julie's chair. <laughs> and I sit on the, the three-seater. So what do you sit there for? I just got something about that thing. It's going to stupefy me into domesticated. My, my, my gut will start to grow and my beard will grow. And oh, I remember that guy, Phil Oldfield. He was on fire for God. Where is he now? Oh, he's, he's in Wyong in some house sitting in this leather lounge, man. Howard Hughes type figure. Just should see him. He doesn't go out anywhere now. He's just a, a, a shadow of his former self. Bane came to him one night and took him out. He never got off the ground. He's gone soft. <laughs> I got to get this last one in. Romans 8, 1, 2. I've got to read that scripture for our podcast listeners. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who lived a crummy life last year or today. He's up to forgive you right now to live in this powerful moment of being just so blessed with the sun shining on you, with God's smile over you. Ah, you've got to understand this, that in, in Romans 8, 1, 2, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you is Lance Armstrong in the house tonight. I don't care what you've done. God forgives you. He loves you. Lance, he loves you. You should have listened to your first wife, by the way. She was a believer. Therefore, there is no condemnation. Would have, would have saved you a lot of grief. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Colossians 1, 21, 22. And you who were once alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet how? Yet now he has reconciled you in the body of his flesh through his death to present you holy and blameless, above reproach. I need to give another short, as quick as I can, let's have a look at Mark chapter 2, verse, because we didn't do church this morning. This is a real home meal tonight. Again, I said to Samuel 5.20, means the Lord of the breakthrough. Five keys to your breakthrough. Mark 2, 1 to 8, you know the story. Can we read that? Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. Okay, here it is. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Cabernam, the people heard that he had come home. Oh man, wish he'd come to Wyong like this. Okay, here it is. So many gathered that there was no room left. I tell you what, when Jesus comes to your church, it's a full house. You don't have to advertise on Facebook or anywhere. When Jesus comes to your <laughs> guest uh, Jesus is at C3. Are you kidding? <laughs> Full house. No room left, not even outside the door. He preached the word to them. Jesus is in a room. Okay, keep going. So men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Okay, four. This is what? You need, you need friends like this. When you're down and out, when you're trying to go down to the, that place that would... Food, 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 port, did, whatever. And, and you're going, oh, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to, no, no, you need, we, you need to pick that person up. You need to bring them to church. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. These are men of clay. These are just ordinary citizens. They're like Cam. Although Cam, he's a bad example. He's more than a citizen. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's just, he's a hero, man. He's a... Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through, man, they didn't care about these physical barriers. They didn't care that they didn't have transport to get to C3 Tugra. The trains weren't running. There was a flood. We had people coming here when all the roads were blocked off by flood. And I saw someone come through here, slip on their bottom and still come to church. I said, That's, that impresses me. Bring him into the leadership team. I love that. In the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat. The paralyzed man was lying on. Thank you. Let's... When Jesus saw their faith, very important. Faith, faith, faith. Everything you do, everything you, man, everything you do, do it by faith. 
He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus was the son of God. He could forgive sins. Thank you. Next. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, religious type, why does this fellow talk like that? Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? There's going to be people that mock our God, mock Jesus, and mock your Lord and Savior. Young people, understand that. There will be people that mock and say, Jesus is at C3 Tugger, give me a break. I mean, there's professional atheists out there, I know, and they're very clever with their words, but guess what? Jesus Christ came, he came and paid a price, and he is our Lord and Savior. He did rise from the, the grave. He is at the right hand of the Father. He is the Lord of the planet. He is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. He is the King of Kings. He is the door. He is the shepherd. He's our commander. He's the King of Kings. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You're going to get that. Don't worry about that. You think you're on easy street getting saved. Let me tell you, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get rebuffed. Say rebuffed. I rebuff you. I've never used that word before. I I hope that was right. Tim, was that right? Rebuff. Who can forgive sins by God? Yes, thanks. Next. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking that? Okay, we're done. These are the friends that you need, the four that carried this paralytic into the house of God. When Jesus is in the house of God, he's going to heal people. He's going to save people. You need, look, I can tell your future by the friends you hang out with. I can tell your future by the friends you hang out with. <laughs> Love it. That's the friends you want. Those guys up through the roof there. Lowering Luke Eagle down. He's had a bad couple of weeks. He doesn't want to come to church anymore. He doesn't want to run our connect groups anymore. He's had a little battle with Bane. He's all bruised. He's he's still got it, but he just needs a little tender care from the master, the great physician, Jesus. Luke, your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk. Away you go, son. You need to get with people that will lead you into the days of breakthrough. I'm done. Let's all stand. God bless you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. We can have some music. Just a couple of things there to think about. I think the main thing I was trying to... Don't get soft... Don't get soft on church attendance. Don't get soft on giving. I, I'm, I'm loving this. Pastors, don't, pastors are amazed that we don't do a morning service, but we have as much tithes and offerings come in still by the faithful giving online by the people of God. What is that? What is that? That's, that's people that are strong, tenacious, and give resolutely to their God. It's commendable to you. But I just want to encourage you this this year for breakthrough. I want to encourage you to break out of yesteryear, yesterday. I want to encourage you to look forward. There's so much more to your life, my friend. There's so much more future. I mean, help me, Colonel Sanders, he didn't didn't start that thing till what, he was near 60. Help me. What about the two guys that did Maccas? They were well in their 50s, 55, got a dream, little hamburger, big hamburger then, now it's a little one. Be careful of the foot long, it's 11 inches long, I read it on the news. Don't get ripped off, ask for the extra inch. You want your money. Apparently, Gail, they say if you keep getting ripped off, if you're a regular Subway eater, if you keep getting ripped off that inch, it'll cost you $100 in that year. $100 $100 you could have given to the Lord. <laughs> I'm saying this for the point of the older people. 
mid-range people like myself. Smith Wigglesworth didn't start his ministry until he was 48. He was just a normal plumber, but he got a breakthrough. There's a breakthrough for you, my friend, tonight to break you into a new day, a new realm, a new season. His mercies are new every morning, my friend. God loves you entirely, dearly. He's all for you. He's barricaded for you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Youth, if you did get carried away in 212, it's cool. God loves you. You haven't surprised Him. He's not downhearted. He loves you immensely. And He loves Lance Armstrong too. I love to use him as a comparison there because it's like the crime of the century. So you might hear the preachers use him a little bit now. Holy Father, we stand before you and we just let that word of God sit in our spirit. We don't want to go soft. We don't want to go soft on romance. We want to romance our wives and be tenacious to love our wives. And the wives said... We don't want to thank you, wives. Thought that was a cue if I had ever heard one. We don't want to go soft and giving gifts to people, giving gifts to the poor, giving gifts to the church. We don't want to do that, Lord. We don't want to go soft on prayer and just think it's going to work out. We want to be tenacious and be persevering and fervently praying for our friends and family, our marriage, our children. We want to pray, Lord, like we've never prayed before. We don't want to go soft in attending church. We want, to, we want to love your church with the zeal that you've given us. We want to build your church with the zeal that you've given us. We want to serve your church with the zeal that you've given us. We don't want to be soft, Lord, and mamby-pamby and just, just get comfortable. We want to be resolute. We want to be strong. And in Jesus' name, I pray right now that everyone in this house with eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus tonight, if you don't know you're the Lord and Savior, if you don't know God loves you, absolutely loves you, He's got such a great plan for you. That plan is beyond imagination, beyond what your eyes have seen, beyond what your ears have heard. God's plans and purposes for you are amazing. I wish and I pray And I appeal to you to give God a chance in your life in 2.13. You've seen what your own ingenuity, your own strength have done for you. Maybe, Maybe it's done some good things, but it won't get you all the way there, my friend. You need Jesus. You need Jesus to lead you, to guide you, to protect you, preserve you. Protect you, preserve you. I want to appeal to anyone with eyes closed right now. If you want to make a a declaration from your heart right where you stand, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand on the count of three and I'm going to pray for you for salvation. I'm going to pray that you may begin your journey all over again in Jesus and that He would lead you and guide you all the days of your life. How about it? How about His presence around your life? Do you want that young person? Do you want that? So right now, with with a stirring in your spirit, a stirring in your heart, oh God, I'm praying for souls tonight and souls this year. I'm tenacious. I don't want to be soft, Lord, in believing for souls to be saved. I want to be tenacious. I want to be powerfully effective for you in 2.30. Jesus, right now, I pray for anyone in this church that needs to make peace with their God, to accept Jesus into their heart and follow Jesus all the days of their life. If that's you, on the count of three, one, two, short prayer of acknowledgement. If that's you, three, if that's you, from the front to the back, from this side to this side, if that's you, you don't know how you got to this church tonight. You don't know how you got here, but guess what? Here's an invitation to know Jesus, if that's you. If this is your friend next to you, just give him a nudge. Let him know what's happening. I'm going to offer a prayer in one minute's time. But Jesus needs to see their heart. Faith is dead without deeds. You need to acknowledge it. You need to maybe show a hand and say, Jesus, 
see my hand tonight. See my heart tonight. Oh God, see me tonight. See me tonight, the real me. If that's you, don't do 213 without you. Be bold, be brave, be strong. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. If that's you, if that's you tonight, I'm appealing to you. 15 seconds. Come on. Come on, let's really believe it. So when I do that, when I do that prayer, are you really believing? Or are you going soft? Or are you going, oh well, whatever. But are you really believing for someone to get saved tonight? If you are, put up your hand right now. Jesus, right now, you see the hands of these passionate believers that are believing for souls. I pray this year that we would have opportunity to save souls, to witness to many, and to see people come in to the presence of God. Let's pray, church. Father in heaven, we believe in your Son, Jesus. We believe he walked the earth, performed miracles, died on the cross for my sin. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. I turn my back on darkness and I look to the light. I look to the truth. I look to the way of Jesus Christ for my life. Jesus, come into my heart. I'll follow you all the days of my life. I'll follow you all the days of my life. I'll follow you all the days of my life. If you said that for the first time, just put up your hand right now. I need to see any hands. If you said that for the first time or the second time, or that was a recommitment, that's awesome. Everyone is bound for heaven. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.